You're listening to the weekly podcast of Cayo, the youth ministry of the Father's House in Owensboro, Kentucky. Cayo is a healthy home for teens who are loved like family as sons and daughters that embrace their kingdom identity and purpose to change the world. At Cayo, your home. Thank you. We praise you. Have your way at Cayo. Have your way in our hearts. Make yourself known to us. As we call out onto you, you show us great and mighty and hidden things. You tell us great and mighty and hidden things that we don't know. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Give it to the back row, Lord. In Jesus' name, give it to anybody that's not listening. Because, Lord, you love them and you're for them. You want what's best for them. And I pray tonight's going to be good for them. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Well, it's the pursuit. If you've been to the pursuit before, a show of hands. If you've been here for this series or the pursuit weekend, show of hands. There should be a lot of you that have been here. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. I don't know about you, but I like movies. And I like romantic comedies. Actually, let me be real with you. When you start dating someone, okay, at least in my life, romantic comedies become a thing that you watch when you got a girlfriend. They become a thing you watch when you got a wife. How many of y'all like romantic comedies? Anybody? You guys even know what a romantic comedy is? Okay, think about your favorite Disney film. I mean, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days sticks out in my mind right now. If you've never seen that, okay. All right, all right, all right. I mean, think about a Disney movie, the typical plot. You have an unfulfilled girl or guy who feels like they're missing something out of their life. I'm I'm so alone. If only that cute person would notice me. If only we were together, then I would be fulfilled. And oh, happiness and joy will flow out of my life. Does that that resemble a movie you've seen? Slightly dramatized. But people tend to be unfulfilled in the movies. Ah, What am I going to do? I'm so alone. It's so terrible. Yo, I was like that a little bit. Deep down, there's a romantic in me. I don't know where he's been. But when I was a kid, yes, a kid, younger than middle school, I always wanted a girlfriend. Bro, I was in kindergarten, and there was a girl named Haley in my neighborhood, and we were in the same class, and I liked her. Met her in college later. It's a little different then. But I liked her and I dreamed and I desired. I had to have a girlfriend. She was going to like me too. Didn't happen. 
She had a boyfriend. By the way, if you've got a boyfriend in elementary school, and even sometimes in middle school, it's like, I'm not knocking. I'm not making fun of it. I'm not stepping on it. I'm not knocking it. But, like, come on. The reality is, over the course of a lifetime, 2 to 5% relationships, middle school, and through the rest of the life, rest of your lives, 2 to 5% actually make it a lifetime. Okay, let's do the math. A hundred of us are going to cross the, the bypass. That means only two to five of us are going to make it. The chances do not look good, do they? Do the chances look good? So the thing is, I was unfulfilled. I liked all these girls over the years, thought I had to have a girlfriend, got a girlfriend in middle school, first serious one. We'll get into that next week. Dude, I will, I will throw my own self under the bus and make fun of my stories if it helps get to you. If you know that about me, you should already do if you've been here for a while. But the thing is, I was unfulfilled. I dreamed of a girlfriend, but I was single. And being single in the movies, our social life, it's like some type of death sentence. Especially on Valentine's Day. So glad that's over. Valentine's Day, the most marketed holiday ever. I hate it. No, let me rephrase. I don't hate it. I just, I just think it's heavily, it's a, basically a bunch of, it's a money grab. We'll tackle Black Friday in December and November. But here's the thing. Everybody say singleness. Singleness is not a death sentence. It's preparation. In fact, singleness is a preparation, not a time for desperation. Okay? Singleness is preparation. Look to your neighbor and say, singleness is preparation. Okay, before divorced, before marriage... There's singleness. There's being single. So, being single is where we start. And being single is not a death sentence. It's not a time for desperation. A lot of times in the movies we're talking about, and I've got some I'm going to make fun of along the way, Frozen being one of them, there's even more. But the problem with the movies is the movies aren't real. Think about it. They don't ever go to work. They don't, like if they do go to work, it's like for 15 seconds, and then they're out on a date somewhere. There's no real timeline. It's unreal. But however, most people's expectations going into relationships are completely out of whack because a lot of times people, I mean, I dated a girl in college. She thought her life was supposed to look like the movies. Newsflash, movies and television are not the true mirror of our lives. They're just not. But the things we watch in the movies and the things we do watch in TV shows or YouTube or whatever, they do resonate with us and they do connect with us because there's a truth in them and there's, there are desire, things that we long for and desire that we see in them that connect with us. Does that make sense? So our being single is not a death sentence, Okay.
fact, being single has benefits, but not those kind of friends with benefits. That's not what I'm talking about. Being single is actually a blessing. See, the scripture says this, right? So here's the thing. Before you know how to be married, you have to date. And before you date, you've really got to know how to be single. My back row and my second to back row need to check in and take notes because I'm going to tell you right now, I encourage you to take notes all month long. I've got a pursuit playbook. I've got tips for you. I've got ways to help you and save you a lot of heartache and trouble. I know you already think you know better than me, but I've actually been down the road, and I, we, our leaders, us, we have some wisdom we want to give you. Here's the deal. Being single came first, Mark 12, 29 through 31. It says, the most important commandment is this, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Okay, guys, we're supposed to love God with all we are. That's when being single, I don't know if you know that, but that's part of what we're supposed to do. Pastor Daryl, I don't do this now. I get it. But I'm telling you, this is, what, this is what we're supposed to do. We're always looking for something to complete us. Beware of the compulsion for completion. But God is the only thing. You have a missing piece in you, and God is the only thing that's going to fill it. Other people will try. Relationships will try. Friendships will try. But ultimately, they will not, sadly. But God did wire you and me for relationship. In fact, it's supposed to be with him. But the thing is... Notice it says, love your neighbor as who? Say that again for the people in the back. Love your neighbor as yourself. How can you love your neighbor if you don't know how to love yourself? Hmm. How do you love yourself? Right, Ephesians 5 addresses this too. Husbands have the obligation of loving and caring for the wives the same way they love and care for their own bodies. For to love your wife is to love your own self. Ooh. Some of y'all dream about being married. You dream of the picket fence. You dream of children. I'm just telling you, girls dream of that stuff probably earlier than boys. I always dreamed of being married one day. I just didn't know what it would look like, but it's something I wanted to do. More on that later. But the thing is, how can you love your neighbor or the per other people if you can't love yourself? We have a culture that thinks, girls, you think that boy is going to complete you. Guys, you think that girl is going to complete you. They're going to make you happy and they're going to make you whole because they make you feel good, wanted, liked. And you get all this attention that you don't get any other way. But you have to learn to love yourself. How do you love yourself? Does that sound weird, to love yourself? That means you need to take care of yourself. Sometimes that means taking a shower. Sometimes that means getting your hair did. Sometimes that means not relying on somebody else to make you happy. Hmm. Remember, in the beginning, it was just man and God. It was Adam and God. God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. Sounds kind of weird, but. 
and the man became a living person. Then the Lord planted a garden in the east, and he placed the man in it. He had made in it. Now, real cool thing about that is you notice God placed Adam. He created him outside the garden. So he made him somewhere else and then put him in the garden. Interesting. If you can't be alone, guys, you can't be in a relationship. What you mean, Pastor Daryl? If you can't be alone, you can't be in a relationship. Don't make the mistake of thinking somebody else is going to make you happy. What happens when they don't like you? I'm going to tell you right now, I've been married 15 and a half years. My wife and I love each other. We're committed to each other. I can flirt with her because I'm married to her and I got a ring on her. She's way over there. I'm making sure I get to the right section. I can flirt with her. I can kiss her in public. I can hug her. All these things. She's my wife. I'm hers and she is mine. More on that later. But the thing is, if I'm expecting somebody else, like Trisha and I, I'll just go ahead and say this part. Trisha and I dated for one month, and then we said, if we are not supposed to be married, if we're not to be together, we're going to break up. How many of you guys think that way? Now, granted, we were in our 20s thinking that way. Not everybody thinks that way at 13, at 15, at 16. But we were so committed that we wanted God's purposes for our life first. That despite how much we liked each other, we were willing to break up if it was not of God. Got serious in here. But if I didn't put God first, remember, singleness is preparation, not a time for desperation. I'm not, look, as much as we liked each other, as much as we flirted and joked and got along, we're both Christians, more on the pursuit playbook later. We were willing to put God first despite how we felt about each other. But what if I put her above God? The moment she makes fun of me, the moment she doesn't like what I like, what does that do? It breaks us. It crushes us. See, sometimes, guys, we're going to talk about relationships and dating. We tend to put, we want the other person to like us, and we will change so they like us rather than embracing our singleness and who God made us to be. Am I speaking English out there? You know why this is hard to hear? It's because we don't think that way. We think if they're hot, we're in. If they're not hot, deuces, bouncing, dip set, we gone. The thing is, you got to put God first. It was Adam and God first. Nobody else. No kids yet. No Eve yet. Let me just go ahead and tell you, in order to get Eve, it cost Adam a rib. If you want to have a spouse one day, if you even think you can halfway carry the weight of a boyfriend or girlfriend, guys, it's going to cost you something like it cost Adam. No one should have enough power over you that if they break up with you, if they make fun of you, if they don't like you anymore, that it breaks you and crushes your spirit. That is not, that is, you have given that person too much power in your life. Does that make sense? Being singleness is, singleness is not bad. In fact, singleness and being alone are very different. Being single, singleness and being alone are different. Singleness just means you're not attached. 
Being alone means you're alone. No friends. No relationships. And by the way, if we get real, none of us are really alone. You still have parents. You still have some family members. Bro, you even got leaders here at Kyle that love you. And we, we talk to you. We text you. We check in with you. We want to make sure you're okay. Why? Just to say we got it off a checklist? No, because we love you. And we care what's going on in your life. You're not alone. Alone means you have no one. I dated a girl in college. I can't even remember how long. It might have been a year and a half. I lose track. She did some crazy stuff. You'll hear about it. But I let her have too much authority and power in my life. I didn't know God then. I didn't know Jesus Christ then. I had an idea of who Jesus was. I knew he was the son of God. I knew he died on the cross. I knew he rose from the dead. And I heard that he loved me. That's why he died. But it never really clicked with me. Because the relationship seemed more real. Some of you, that's your problem. You think this is more real than the God of heaven and the Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is more evident and more real than your relationship because he is for eternity and your relationship is just for a little while. Am I being too harsh here? Are you with me? I'm being too harsh? Oh, just checking. Thank you. Singleness and being alone are different. You can't expect some girl or some guy to build you up. Ladies, let me talk to you as a father. Don't let a guy build you up buttercup, and then when he starts tearing you down, it should not devastate you. It will hurt. It will suck, and it will hurt, but it should not devastate you. It should not crush you. Like when a girlfriend, when I broke up with my college, one of my college girlfriends, for two weeks, I was in a fog. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Two weeks. Shouldn't have been that way. But after two weeks, the fog lifted, and I was happy, happy, happy because being single was good compared to being with her. Holy cow. Lord, I will be single as long as I'm not dating that girl. I used to call her the red-headed she-devil. I don't do that anymore. Hang on. Hang on. Let me, let me make this clear. I do not do that anymore because she is a daughter of God. She is an image bearer of God, and I will not hold that against her anymore. I was convicted about that, I don't know how many years ago, but it was right here in this room. I'm like, you know, I can't call her that anymore, but she hurt me bad. And guess what? I've hurt people too. I've hurt my wife, and she's hurt me. But it's different when you got a ring on it and you got God first. Everybody say singleness and being alone are different. Let me go ahead and tell you this. Singleness makes you valuable, not damaged. Being single makes you valuable. Pastor Darrell, that makes zero sense. I'm single. I'm unattached. I'm worthless. Bull crap. Last time I checked, when somebody's single, it means you're in demand. It means you're on the market. It means you're available. You don't know this, but there's people looking for you right now. If you're single in the room and you're unattached and you're one of those people that longs for a relationship down the road, longs to get married, somebody's looking for you. Just like you are looking for them. Like the video says, stop looking for the right person and start being the right person. Singleness makes you valuable, not damaged. 
Don't let your worth be determined by how you're wanted. Don't let your worth be determined by how you're wanted. Well, I got eight girls into me. What's up? This is me, my senior year on the inside. Suddenly, senior year of high school, dude, I had a gangsta lean, and I didn't know about it, but it was on the inside. I was like, dude, girl, where y'all been at? I've been missing y'all the last three years. Where y'all been? You know what happened? Somebody wanted me. Somebody thought I was valuable, and then the rest of them did too. Just telling you, you're more valuable than you think. Some of y'all think you're already too valuable. Maybe you need to dial it down a notch. Some of y'all think y'all risen up everybody. Maybe not so much. So, but the point is, everybody say, I'm valuable. No, 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 no. Everybody say, I am valuable. Here's why. Psalm 139.14 says this, For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mom's womb. I will praise you, God, because I've been remarkably, fearfully, and wonderfully, and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. The scripture says that God put you together in your mother's womb, and he was saying you were smoking hot then, and you were valuable then, and you're valuable now. And it says, notice it says God doesn't know this very well. It says I know this very well. If you know you're valuable, you're going to be confident in knowing what you offer, and you're not going to settle for second best. If you know your worth, you're not going to settle for the first ladies, the first guy that comes up to you and he's got that, he's got some of that. You're going to know, if you know your worth, you're not going to fall for the first guy to say, give you the cheesiest line, yo, I don't see your number in the book of Numbers. I'm just saying, there's a book in the Bible, the book of Numbers. I said, Tricia, see if your number's in there. I don't see it. Point is, the first guy, or gentleman, the first girl that... <laughs> the first girl that laughs at your jokes... She don't think you're funny. She think you hot. Pray for him. <laughs> Pray for him. So here's the thing. Everybody say, I'm valuable. And I know it well. You need to know that you're valuable. And you need to know it well. Because there's going to be pretty little things. And guys that got some riz. They're going to be coming your way. And if you don't know your value, you are going to settle for second best. You are going to settle. Don't. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are God's chosen treasure. Priests, it says a royal priesthood, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones called out of darkness into marvelous light. What's this mean? Check this out. Look at this. It says you. Are God's chosen treasure. When you look in the Greek and you look in the Hebrew, 
it means heavily guarded treasure. You are heavily guarded and protected by God the Father. He wants to protect you. He wants to help you make the right decisions. He wants you to know what you're looking for. Because let me go ahead and tell you, if you don't know what you're looking for, you will. if you aim for nothing, you will fall for anything. If you don't know what you're looking for, you're going to fall for anything. But you are heavily protected. God wants to protect you. Yo, I'm a dad. I'm very protective of you all. I'm very protective of my own daughter. I'm very protective of you. Trisha, my wife, is very protective of you. You're heavily guarded treasure. Know that you're valuable. Pastor Darrell, so what? Singleness is designed. Singleness is designed for your relationship with God. Can I tell you something? Being single, not attached, it is the greatest. It's the opportunity for your relationship with God. Stop looking at somebody else and look for a heavenly father who loves you and calls you by name, who gave everything for you, nearly bankrupted heaven, gave up his own son to be beaten, uh, mocked, ridiculed, spat on, punched in the face, half his beard ripped off, all because he sees you to be that valuable and he loves you and he loves me. See, here's the deal. Deuteronomy 4, 24 says, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire. He is a jealous, impassioned, intolerant to unfaithfulness God, de demanding what is rightfully and uniquely His. You are not your own. You are His. You were bought and paid for. Pastor Darrow, does that mean I'm some slave? No. It just means that's how valuable you are. You are bought and paid for. At weddings, and I officiate weddings, a father walks up his little girl up an aisle, much like this one. A father walks up his little girl as they play that bridal march, and he walks her up here, and there's a young man waiting. That father has the most prized possession to him in his life. The most valuable thing to him, he has his arm on. And he's getting ready to trust a young man to take his place. God is jealous for you. And he wants, he's jealous for you. Not the jealous like us. You know, hey, you got a boyfriend, girlfriend, guys, your girl's talking to another guy. That's not that kind of jealous. It means he wants to be first always. That's how jealous he is. He wants to be first in your life. But that dad gives the little girl away. That man, men, listen up, young boys, young men. That man, you better be man enough. You better be mature enough that you can step into that dad's shoes and protect her and look after her and die to yourself because he's handing her off to you. Ladies, Your relationship with your dad might be off, but it's not off with your heavenly father. Your heavenly father wants to help you. 
Some of y'all come from broken homes, single-parent homes. Your dad's not been around. Maybe sometimes your mom's not been around. But the thing is, your Heavenly Father's got His hand on you. He's actually, in moments of your life that you were unaware of, He has protected you and loved you. And He's, he got, he's got His eye on you because He, you belong to Him. Young men, singleness is an opportunity to relationship with God. The way you're being single is how you're going to be married. If you're looking at porn, if you're talking to other girls, ladies, if you're messing around, uh, if you're fizzling one guy just to talk to three other guys, I'm just saying, how you date is how you're going to be married. You're going to take that in the marriage with you. Being single prepares you for that. Young men standing up here waiting for that bride, when you say, who, rece- who gives away this woman? I'm telling you, my wife, her dad handed her over to me, and you're going to tell me I didn't feel weight when I said, I do. I'll take her. She's my responsibility. She's my wife. Have I been perfect, Trisha? No. Has Trisha been perfect? No. But, by the way, none of us sleep on the couch. The only time we sleep on the couch is if, it's, if we're sick and about to die, we separate so the other one doesn't get sick. Other than that, none of us have ever, neither one of us has ever made the other sleep on the couch in our entire marriage. For real. So, Pastor Darrell, what are you getting at? Singleness is your opportunity to grow in your relationship with God. Because you belong to him. And God wants to help you be single so that when you start dating, you don't go through 20 relationships. You don't go through 19, 20 heartbreaks. You don't have to live in shame for things that someone may have asked you to do that you weren't ready to do. You don't have to live in shame and guilt. I'm going to tell you right now, I've talked to young men and young women for years and there are things that they haven't told their, their soon-to-be spouse, things they did when they were dating other people. It's like, you can't leave that heavy rock just sitting there. They need to know about that. Do I make myself clear? Are you with me? Yo. And let me just say this out of love. As a dad, as a spiritual father, we love you and we want to help you. And this whole series is designed to help you live out a holy pursuit. 2 Timothy 2 says, run as fast as you can from the ambitions and lusts of youth and chase after all that is pure. Whatever builds up your faith and deepens your love must become your holy pursuit. God wants you to stop chasing Mr. Wrong and one day know how to look and find Mr. Right and how you can be right, the right person. Let's pray. Being single, singleness is preparation, not desperation, okay? Singleness is your opportunity to grow in your relationship with God. I'm going to tell you right now, if any of this resonated with you tonight, I just want you to lift up your hands because we're just going to pray. If any of this resonated with you, any of this spoke to you, Guys, don't lie. I know some of it spoke to you. Some of you guys have already compromised. You've already made decisions that you're not proud of. I'm not, ma- I'm not shaming you for those things. God is not into shame. God is into freedom. 
devil wants you to hide stuff and live in shame. Don't tell anybody. They're not going to see you the same. That's a lie. Some of you guys have already made some mistakes. It's, let me just say, it's okay. God has grace for you. Jesus Christ died on the cross for all sins. Okay? Jesus Christ didn't die on the cross so that you would keep him to yourself. Jesus didn't die on the cross so that you would make goofball decisions that would hurt you. He wants a relationship with you, and he wants to protect you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, matter of factly, every head bowed, every eye closed. I get, if I seemed like super excited or loud, it's just because this topic is so important. If my life alone is an example of what not to do or what to do, then let it be. If you're in the room today and you say, Pastor Daryl, I need help in this area. Or like, I just, I want to put God first. So I want you to lift up your hands, matter of factly. So I want to put God first. I want to put him first. I see two of you. Three of you. Okay. You say, I want to put God first. Four, five, six. Oh, some of you guys, seven. Some of you guys have already, like, some of you guys have already made this decision. Just go to the Lord and just tell him. If you sin, just say, God, I'm sorry. And name it. God, I'm sorry. And I want to put you first. I want to trust you with all my heart, all my life. I want what you have. And what you have is best. Not Mr. Riz, not Boo Bear, and not Toaster Strudel. Thank you, Lord, for sending your son to die on the cross for me. Thank you, Lord, that singleness is not a death sentence. It's just preparation. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.